This is Crowcast, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcast, you will hear from our specialists, offering insights and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients. Welcome to Crowcast. I'm Sue Day, a private client tax partner at Crow. And I'm Phil Smithies, partner and managing director of our independent financial advisory business, Crow Financial Planning UK Limited. This is the first part of our four-part podcast series on intergenerational wealth, discussing key things that you should be thinking about when passing on wealth to the next generation. Today, we're going to be talking about making gifts out of income. So, Sue, from an inheritance tax planning perspective, there are an array of planning measures that individuals can take in terms of seeking to legitimately gift monies to their intended beneficiaries during their lifetimes, albeit that many of these limits have remained frozen for the last 20 years or so. Can you talk through some of the more obvious ones? Yeah, you're correct, Phil. There are some ancient gift exemptions, which would have seemed far more generous when they were introduced all those years ago. I think probably the most well-known is the £3,000 annual exemption. The first £3,000 given away in tax, uh, given away each year, each tax year is exempt, so completely disregarded from the estate of the person making the gift. If the exemption is not used in the year, you can carry it forward to the next year, but only that far. You can't carry it any further than that. Um, Probably Slightly less well-known is an exemption um, for gifts in consideration of marriage um, or a civil partnership now. The exemptions here depend on who's doing the giving. So there's a £5,000 exemption for the parents um, of those tying the knot, two and a half for a grandparent and a thousand for anybody else, so friends, aunts, uncles, cousins, etc., etc., As it's in consideration of the marriage or civil partnership, the gift must be made on or before the day of the ceremony, and they must actually go through with it. So you can't make a gift and then they don't get married. Um, Another useful exemption is the so-called small gift exemption of £250. This exempts gifts of up to £250 for any person in any tax year. So if you have four children, for example, you can give them £250 per year, And these gifts will not be included in any inheritance tax calculation. But you can't combine the £250 exemption with the £3,000 exemption. So if you've already made a gift of £3,000 to a child, you can't also gift them £250 in the year and use this exemption as well. So the small gift exemption is usually um, useful for covering birthdays and Christmas gifts and those sorts of things. Thanks, Sue. So whilst for most of our clients, there's a a desire to leave a legacy to their loved ones on death, usually through their will or via an established trust, uh, in our experience, it can actually be far more rewarding and indeed tax efficient to make those gifts during your lifetime so that you can support your loved ones and get to see the benefits of doing so. Yeah, I agree. I often have discussions with grandparents who've reached a point in their life where they want to make gifts that they can see that that are benefiting their families, especially if they've struggled with building up their wealth. Perhaps 
running a family company. And now they're seeing the benefits of this. They want to help out their children, but they don't want to see them struggle like they did. Yeah, so quite often when we meet with new clients, uh, the first thing we do is seek to utilise the uh, £3,000 annual gift exemption that you referred to earlier. And when not used, carry this allowance forward from the previous tax year, uh, which can be done. Um, quite often it may be tax year end planning, so it will also be uh, close to the new tax year. And so you can, uh, in fairly short order, use the £3,000 allowance for the following tax year, which can mean for a couple that you can gift £18,000 immediately outside of your estate, i.e. three tax years at 3000 times two individuals. And this means that there's an immediate 40% potential saving, resulting in a £7,200 reduction in the inheritance tax. And whilst this isn't hugely significant, it's often overlooked and definitely shouldn't be ignored. Yeah, and I should add that any future growth on that gift is also outside of the estate as well. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, so there's also this little known inheritance tax planning opportunity, uh, which is referred to as gifts out of normal expenditure. It's a bit like using your annual capital gains tax allowance. This can make a significant difference over a number of years. So can you explain the rules behind this for us, please? Of course. Um, this exemption can sometimes lead to very significant gifts being made uh, that fall outside the inheritance tax net straight away. So no waiting for that dreaded seven years, which uh, you have to for other gifts. So for this exemption to apply, there are three conditions that must be satisfied and all three must be satisfied. The first is that the gift must be made out of income. The second is that the gift, that after the gift, you've got enough income to live on and maintain your normal standard of living. And the third is that it must form part of your normal expenditure. So what does this mean? So. The first two conditions, I think, are fairly easy to understand. If you deduct your normal living expenses, so household running costs, um, car running costs, um, maybe school fees, uh, tax and um, uh, holidays, those sorts of things from your income, you can then gift away the remaining income under this exemption and the gifts will not be taken into consideration when calculating any inheritance tax due. To help you to prove this to the revenue, there, um, there's actually a helpful spreadsheet on their on their website that helps you to prove that you've got sufficient income to make this gift. It's helpful if you're going to rely, try and rely on this exemption. It's actually helpful to keep this up to date because the evidence will be needed to be submitted with with any inheritance tax return on death. The third condition um, needs a little bit more interpretation, I think. Um, HM Revenue and Customs suggests that the gift must be, and this uh, um, in their manuals, is standard, regular, typical, habitual, or usual. But in simple terms, it must just be part of a pattern. So this could be any pattern, perhaps a monthly gift or an annual gift, maybe more or less frequent than that. The important thing is to establish a pattern and also document the intention. Thanks, Sue. So there's clearly a number of complexities here. Um, to help our listeners, are you able to share with me an example of where you've used gifts out of normal expenditure for one of your clients? Yeah, I have a really interesting example where this works really well. So my clients wanted to make a gift to each grandchild um, of £500 for each year of their life. So on their first birthday, £500. On their second birthday, £1,000, etc., etc. 
between them, they had quite a significant excess amount of income, which we calculate each year. So we get, gather in all their bank statements, all their credit card details, and, and fill in the revenues form, which shows that they have a significant amount of income to give away. We then prepared the spreadsheet, which had all of these gifts on. And then once a year, they make a gift to each of the grandchildren of the amount that they're going to, to give away. And as the grandchildren are getting older now, the gifts out of income are now in excess of over £100,000 a year. How about you, Phil? Have you got any examples of, of where you've used this? Yeah, I've got a couple of interesting examples, actually, that have worked really well, um, slightly different to each other. Uh, the first is where a client of mine was the beneficiary of a significant widow's pension from her late husband's final salary pension scheme. Uh, and this left her in um, a very strong position where she had £108,000 of pension income, uh, in addition to her state pension and her investment income. Uh, she's actually quite a modest spender. Um, and she had two children by her late husband, both of uh, who had two uh, young children each, so her grandchildren. So the client had no need for this high level, level of income and was really just accruing money uh, in her bank account. So we calculated that she was in quite a fortunate position whereby she could gift £30,000 each year to each of her children. Uh, and they in turn use this towards the private education costs uh, of their own children, uh, again, her grandchildren. Uh, what we did to establish the, establish the regular pattern was we made these gifts uh, at £10,000 per school term uh, so that we could clearly evidence they were regular uh, and it was documented that they were uh, out of normal expenditure. So if they were ever uh, challenged in the future by HMRC, we should be able to provide this evidence. Um, this uh, arrangement we've had in place with this client for over five years now. And so this has meant that you know, a sum of £300,000 has been removed from the estate. Um, and also she's had the benefit of being able to support her children and grandchildren during her lifetime, uh, which has been very rewarding to her. Um, it's also, uh, in many ways, a nice legacy from her late husband. Uh, so that's worked really well. Uh, another example is where I have a high earning partner of an accountancy firm. Um, whose income ex significantly exceeds um, his expenditure. And he has two young daughters. And what uh, he's done is he's funded uh, pension contributions for them. Uh, so you can actually contribute up to 2,880 a year into pension funds. Um, and when this is grossed up by the 20% tax relief, it actually means that the benefit to each child is 3,600 each year. Now, these daughters uh, are now in their early 20s, and this has been going on for about the last 14 years or so. Uh, and so both of uh, our clients' daughters now have pension funds which exceed £100,000, um, which in their early 20s gives them a great start uh, in life um, and allows them to plan confidently for the future. It's also removed from a premium perspective just over £80,000 from uh, the estate. Uh, but as you can see, with investment growth as well, uh, it now means that that growth is also outside of the estate. So, Sue, do you have any other examples of where this allowance um, has been used effectively? Yeah, I mean, this example is, is really good um, for all sorts of levels of income and gifts. So you can make small gifts, um, regular gifts, which actually add up over time to be quite substantial. We've also used it to make very large gifts um, that are in, in excess of the nil rate band and put those into trust each year without triggering a lifetime uh, inheritance tax charge. 
Um, the exemption works equally well, equally well at low levels. So smaller gifts, as well as into pension, as, as you've um, talked about in your example, gifts can be made into child trust funds or um, or junior ISIS. So a gift of £9,000 per year can be made into these, these funds, either uh, monthly or, or an annual gift. I always like to caveat, however, that the, the children can get their hands on these funds at age 18. So you might want to consider how generous you should be of making gifts into those sorts of funds. Perhaps a safer gift when the children have reached 18 is a gift into a lifetime ISA, um, where you can give £4,000 per annum, and the beneficiary can benefit from a £1,000 uplift if they use the money as a deposit for their first house. Yes, yeah, so, Sue, so thanks for that, because you make a very uh, good point around the child trust funds and junior ISAs, in that those children would have absolute entitlement to those monies at age 18. So you need to strike a balance between inheritance tax planning and um, leaving uh, money to uh, certainly individuals who might not be best placed to deal with those sums. Um, so it's pretty clear from our discussions that there are a number of options available to private individuals for undertaking some really effective inheritance tax planning, uh, whilst absolutely supporting their loved ones during their lifetime. Uh, and what this highlights from our discussion is the need to seek expert advice, um, as the savings over the medium to long term can be pretty significant. Yeah, this is the type of work that we undertake on behalf of our clients all the time, which helps them to make smart decisions that just deliver lasting value. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope you find that helpful. Please join us again for part two in this Crowcast on Intergenerational Wealth Series, which will be coming shortly. Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we devise and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, one of the top 10 accounting networks in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.